1: Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm sitting down with co-host Keith Myers. My name is Bill Alpstead. Welcome into the show, Keith. It's our first in a series of looks at the 2023 NFL Draft prospect, um, prospect looks and players as we as we look at the quarterback position. Uh, we'll be our first uh, position group up for discussion. Welcome in.
0: Yeah. And so the quarterback something we've already kind of looked at a little bit because we talked about um, what Geno Smith's contract might look like, what we hope it will look like, um, and a little bit about, well, okay, if not Geno, who? Um, but this is more of a draft book. Uh, I mean, we'll mention some other players, but we really want to get into what, uh, what, what the draft looks like as far as quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that so far, at least in my research, um, there's a consensus, like top four quarterbacks in the draft, but some of those quarterbacks are uh, top of one person's list. On another person's list, that quarterback that was at the top is quarterback number three or four. Um, And so I'm not exactly sure that uh, every big board out there has reached a consensus on the true number one, except for maybe Bryce Young in, in most boards. Now, if you go look at NFL Mock Draft Database, their big board has C.J. Stroud at the top. Um, Which is
0: new. It was not that long as Bryce Young at the top. Um, yeah. So just exactly. goes to show you where people move around. Right. So I thought,
1: you know, since this part of it is going to go out of the way fairly quickly. Now, this is a Seahawks show, obviously, but we're going to talk about uh, NFL quarterbacks in general. And... Um, options available for the Seahawks include free agents. I'll just throw this out there right now. It's not a great list. Gino's close to the top of that list, uh, combined with, uh, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, Daniel Jones. After that, it's just a hodgepodge of journeyman, uh, Which is all it ever is. Around. Yeah. Exactly. Unless,
0: unless, you know, and then you've got guys that might be moved like, um, carr. Uh, and Vegas, who's likely yeah. actually to be moved because they benched him and said they were done with him. Um, yep. So there are there, there there might be some other mo- movement, but that's usually going to require some draft capital. You're going to have to trade for him, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah,
1: Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, et cetera. They're going to franchise Lamar Jackson. Now they may end up trading him out of that franchise tag, but they're going to franchise him. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, but that doesn't seem to fit Seattle's timeline and budget um, to go with a guy like that, that's established, that's ready to win right now. I just see a diminishing quarterback there and the value doesn't line up for me and the timeline with Pete Carroll and stuff. It just doesn't seem like a great fit. None of these quarterbacks really in the free agent market end up being a great fit, except for Geno Smith, really. Uh, Geno fits the Seahawks, the Seahawks fit Geno. It seems like a logical marriage. Uh, but we just don't know what the contract's going to be. If it's reasonable, I'm going to say under 25, and they can make it fit on the in the first year uh, with the salary cap. I see the Seahawks signing Geno Smith. Absolutely, that seems I do too. To me, to be the, the way to um, go. But that does not prevent them from drafting a quarterback. I see a lot of chatter out there, especially on Twitter with Seahawk fans saying, "Let's just sign Geno. We don't have to worry about the quarterback in the draft." That's not necessarily true.
0: I don't believe that to be true either, because what you have with Chino is a guy who um, we have one half of a year where he was phenomenal, then the second half of this last year where he came back down to earth, and previously in his career, he was not a starting caliber player. Um, And so we get a chance now, I mean, we need at least another year to kind of evaluate that, but... Um, what does that get? What does that end up doing, right? You, if you are going to go all in on Geno Smith and give him a four-year, 160 million dollar deal, the way Rack says that um, a team should, then you're you're basically if, uh, hamstringing the franchise financially for a guy that, honestly, he's old enough and the track record's not there. Like, you're, this is not, that's not a good pick. That's not a good way to to run a run a franchise so um but you know what you keep the number down make it you know, twenty five million a year make the first year fifteen um as far as you know and stretch the cap stuff out a little bit and uh, he's a really enticing option for Seattle who has a lot of other needs and doesn't really you know um they're not like one player away
1: yeah and there's And there's only two or three quarterbacks in this draft that are ready to go right out of the gate. And depending on which team they uh, land with, uh, some of the teams at the top that are quarterback needy, especially ones that are going to be up there trying to trade up into the first two or three spots, are teams that are going to struggle out of the gate with those first year quarterbacks. Uh, Seattle's kind of in a unique situation, especially if it can sign Geno Smith, one of the viable Free agent quarterbacks out there that can lead a team. We've seen him lead a team into the playoffs with a not a complete w- roster around him. If you add to that roster and, and make it mm-hmm. a little bit more of a complete team, uh, Gino may be able to lead them. You know, as far as maybe the NFC Championship game, I don't know, uh, but it's
0: it's it's possible. I think with Gino. I think if they if they improve the defense to a point where it took takes a bunch of pressure off That's Gino. Not then cuz i cuz when he when he started to struggle down the stretch and i was thinking about this um, since our last show and i'm like when he started to struggle it was when the pressure was on because now everyone that considered the Seahawks a playoff team but the defense was still not playoff caliber and so he was pressing and it it True. can be argued away that that he 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 was taking on all the pressure himself whereas if you improve the defense to a point where you don't have to put up 30 to win Maybe he goes back to being the Gino in the first half of the season when there were no expectations.
1: Yeah. If you put, if you align Gino with several other quarterbacks, playoff worthy quarterbacks, quarterbacks that made the playoffs this year, and you take a look at the, the defensive rankings for most of those teams, most of those teams had better defenses. And, and I think that, that you're onto something there with regards to it being a complete uh, team roster game. And if we had a better defense, uh, especially, you know, with turnovers and and stopping teams and generating more opportunities for the offense, I think that that Gino looks even even a little bit better. Um, So let's kind of go through this. Let's set the free agency stuff aside. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that in future episodes, and we definitely will. Let's move on to the NFL draft. Everybody wants to talk about it. Nobody really knows what to do. We know if if Seattle uh, doesn't sign Geno and they go down the road of signing a Gardner Meeshu or Andy Dalton or Daniel Jones or some other guy that's just a guy, we know that they're likely going to turn to the draft to kind of help solve their quarterback problem. So there's that. And then there's the option where Geno gets re-signed and we have an opportunity to draft a guy, maybe not in the top five, maybe it's a little later in the draft, to come in and uh, spend a year uh, below Gino accl- acclimate in the NFL and be ready to compete in 2024, may not end up having the job or depending on what the contract looks like with Geno. Um, but nonetheless, I think Seattle would be wise to invest in that opportunity. So let's go through the list, Keith, and just kind of um, establish what you think of that prospect where they might fall in the draft if Seattle's interested and as we move deeper into the list maybe we can maybe we can figure out if it's a good fit or not
0: yeah so i think at the top um of the draft most people would put alabama's Bryce young the guy is you watch his tape and he is he is what you want out of a quarterback he gets the ball out super quick he's smart with the ball he breeds defense as well. He knows what defenses are doing before the ball snapped. He's got a live arm as far as getting the pass there. He's super accurate. He's kind of everything that you want, except for the fact that he's tiny. Yeah. Um, and I don't just mean like short, because I know that was a thing 511 with Russ, 195, but he's not, he's not built out the way Russ was because Russ was like 220 um, and Bryce Young skinny. And yes. as we've seen with players like Tua and um, some other guys, guys that are that just aren't that big, the NFL you take a beating. And even though they protect the quarterbacks now more than they ever have in the past, you still end up taking a beating. And yeah, skinny so ankles, some,
1: skinny knees, skinny shoulder joints—you know—all yep. that comes into play, and it's just it is hard. Keith.
0: Well, you know what the the big knock. Um, you, do you remember what the big knock on Geno Smith was when he was coming out? skinny knees.
1: So interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. I mean, it sounds weird when you, when you say it out loud, but it is true. It's a factor and it's, it is a factor with Bryce Young. I love everything about his game. You mentioned all the things that are, um, that are on his, uh, positive list, the instincts, Mm -hmm. the feel, the, the ability to put a ball into a small window, uh, to be able to lead, uh, wide receivers open, um, give them yards, uh, after catch possibilities and so forth. He's just excellent at all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool under pressure, you know, the kind of quarterback that you want, uh, especially so, if you're Alabama leading your team. Go ahead.
0: So years ago, evaluating quarterbacks, there was a guy who, um, I watched his tape and I'm like, this guy is absolutely a first round pick. Maybe the first overall pick in the draft if he wasn't so damn short and, but he was at K okay, the Seahawks drafted him. His name is Russell Wilson. Um, but I was very much against the idea of drafting Wilson because I'm like, there is a minimum as far as the height and Wilson of course made me look stupid. And I'm happy to admit that, um, CJ Stroud, looks like russell wilson did at wisconsin he really is everything you want i said cj Stroud. sorry I'm like looking at my notes while i'm talking bryce young is really that um what we saw in wilson in his wisconsin tape? uh small guy but has everything you could possibly want um but again yeah. small guy yeah.
1: yeah that's really the only knock is his size yep um you know and, and in 2021 he had an even better uh, output than he did in 2022, ended up winning the Heisman with Mm -hmm. 4,800 yards and 47 touchdowns. I mean, kid was just a a crazy, amazing, productive player. Um, Smart, he's going to do well. He's going to interview well. Uh, Teams are going to fall in love with this player. I just don't know at the top, at the draft, when it comes right down to it and you got to turn in the card if that size is going to affect his draft stock or not at this point i'm going to say no i'm going to say uh, no but um, but that that could definitely change uh depending on the team depending mm-hmm. on the you know the fit the uh, the scheme the coaching this and so forth so yeah there be might be a co- very there might
0: there might be a coaching staff or a gm that just says no because of mm-hmm. his size um and they're going to look stupid and yeah i years. don't
1: yeah, I don't see Bryce Young <laughs> getting out of the top ten, but he is a top ten talent. Oh, Seattle can be out in of the, play for that. Get,
0: he's not gonna get out of the top five.
1: Would you, if you're Seattle, is he on your uh is he on your big board?
0: He is. And he's, why
1: would why would John Schneider and Pete Carroll like CJ or not CJ Stone, uh Bryce Young?
0: See, now you did it too, right? Say the wrong player name. <laughs> I'm, ready to go. About I'm ready one, to go down the list. But we're both ready for the our notes <laughs> for the next one. Um no, why would I mean, because he's everything that you want and you have already shown with Wilson that size Yeah, but there's size, a difference between height,
1: size and and body I type.
0: I I think that you've seen that you can make it work um and you've also changed philosophies a little bit with Wilson. You knew he could take a hit. You knew you could deal with that. Um, we would They went cheap on the offensive line and let Wilson make up for it. Now they've started investing in the offensive line. And I think if you um, are drafting Bryce Young, you're going to continue that trend. You're going to continue dra- um, to invest in the offensive line. And Young's going to end up with a, a significantly better line in front of him than Wilson ever had. And with that, you're going to um, say that he's going to take a lot, fewer hits and therefore his durability is going to last. Um, It'll be
1: very interesting for Bryce Young. Of course, if Seattle doesn't take him, it's going to be interesting for me to see where he lands and how he does, because he's not Carolina going to end up at nine. likely ending up on a better um, roster. You know, yeah. I think, I mean, you know, Atlanta, his best case scenario yeah. is actually probably Seattle. Well, for um, any of these
0: quarterbacks, their best case scenario is going to be Seattle because. top Top 10, yeah because in in the top 10 you don't have good teams. Right. You've got you've got bad teams. Teams like um uh Indy and the uh Texans and you know those are the teams that need quarterbacks and they're not good franchises. They're they're their right. rosters are bad. Seattle's a playoff team. Yeah. And if you can get onto a Seattle team that runs the ball well that next year hopefully is going to play better defense and and that kind of stuff, and you're on a playoff-caliber roster with all the talent around them, Like that's a great situation. And so, yeah, it's going to be, like find me a better spot for any of these guys to land in the top 10.
1: All right, I'm going to give you permission now to talk about C.J. Stroud.
0: All right, C.J. Stroud is kind of my number one. And the reason why he's my number one is because he doesn't have the problem that Bryce Young has, and that's really small. C.J. Stroud is huge. Um, He's big, he's strong, he's fast. He's an athlete. He's also accurate. He um completes the completes deep balls as well as anybody in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um his it just there literally is not a big weakness in his game. I don't think he's as accurate as Bryce Young, but I also don't think any quarterback that's come out of the draft in the last three or four he's years pretty darn is as yeah, accurate. accurate.
1: He's pretty darn he, accurate. I mean, in twenty twenty-one he, he had forty four hundred yards, forty-four touchdowns, six interceptions. Uh completing the, close to seventy 72% of his passes this year. He was 66%, 3,600 yards, 41 touchdowns, six interceptions. That's pretty accurate and, and yeah. accurate enough. And you mentioned everything else. He's got all the intangibles. He's he's the most well-rounded, complete quarterback in this draft, I believe. When you take a look, when you add the, the size factor in, 6'3", 215, more of a prototypical guy. He's a guy that looks to pass first, not a not a traditionally uh, active guy running the ball. He can run the ball. He's athletic enough. He's projected to run a four six five forty fast enough in the NFL. That was about where Russell Wilson was, just to give you an idea.
0: Yeah, um, um, Stroud can run, but he does. He's not a running quarterback. Correct. Right. And this is this this honestly, that's a great description of Geno Smith. He can run, but he's not a running quarterback. Um he has yes. that athleticism, but yeah. he is but he his instincts aren't to pull the ball down and run at every opportunity. Yeah. Um a great point. And um I I here's the rub on on Stroud, and it was the same exact rub I had with Fields a few years ago, also Ohio State. His receivers are better than any cornerbacks they played against. His mm-hmm. offensive line. Is better than any of the defensive lines they faced, um, his except team for in the college simple. football playoff. Um, and he's throwing to a lot of wide open wide receivers. Is what he's Keith throwing is to a lot of wide open guys. And even when he does throw the throw a contested ball, he's throwing it to someone who's significantly more talented than the person they're up against in that jump ball situation it's makes it hard to evaluate a quarterback when they're when the talent around them is so much better than the talent on the other team.
1: And Uh, and you've got to look at, at also what the scheme and what the coaching staff is asking for that from that player mm -hmm. uh, in, in this particular situation, you know, they run a lot of uh, quick looks, single look uh, reads, not asked to do a lot of the line of scrimmage as far as diagnosing. That's a lot of that is done on the sideline for him. As opposed to uh, a couple of other players, I'm going to talk about here in a, in a minute. Um, so, and and that's a factor. So there's a there's a transit. That's why these quarterbacks have a difficult time in in the NFL initially. Is there's a transition period where uh, most NFL offenses are going to ask quite a bit more from their quarterbacks initially, right out of the gate on changing uh, plays at the line of scrimmage, reading defenses to know uh, if you're in the right sets or not. Uh, of course, you're getting communication in, in the helmet uh, during the first 15 uh, seconds of, of every play. But after uh, the clock reaches 15 on that countdown, that that thing goes off and you've got to be able to um, think on your feet that quick. Yeah, it's so, a lot of stuff
0: you've, you've got to do. You can't look at the sidelines and get the answers for you. Exactly. Um, that it, and this is why we've seen a lot of players not um transition to the nfl instantly because it's that's the kind of stuff they have to learn yes. um, i think bryce young is ready to to play on week one um i think cj stroud athletically can get it done in week one yeah um, and he I think he's, shown, and he's, he's
1: smart enough he's an intelligent player i think yeah. he's shown enough to where that that learning curve will be there but i think that he's a quarterback that you could look at on this list and I'm not saying you can rule out that he's gonna be a bust. I'm just saying that um, he's got the it's, tools and the toolbox. Yeah. He just needs to be able to, to go in and, and work hard for him, and, it's, and get it done.
0: For him, and there's, there's zero reason to think that he doesn't have the work ethic, but for him, it's a matter of he's gotta put in the work in the film room and, um, and, and, and on the practice field and learn. He's just gotta, what he was expected to do in college and what he's gonna to expect to do in the NFL are different things. Um, there's another, there's a whole nother level for him. I don't have any doubts. I really don't. Um, I, if I was the Seahawks, I would draft CJ Stroud. I would draft him over Bryce Young because I worry that Bryce Young's career is going to be short because of injuries that you're going to end up in a situation like Chad Pennington, where he played great for th- like three years and then he got a shoulder injury and then he was okay for a couple of years and then he got another injury and then he was kind of done. Um, and whereas with Stroud, Stroud's a guy that I think is going to have a long career. Uh, I would draft Stroud first, but I also know Young's a more, a more ready player. He's, he just yeah. is. So
1: I agree. All right. Let, let's talk about Will Levis, the third quarterback on most big boards. Um, I've got mine flip-flopped a little bit um from that and I can talk about that. But let's talk about Will Levis at uh, out of mm-hmm. Kentucky. Six three, two hundred and thirty two pounds, runs a four, seven, two forty ish. Uh there's not a consensus on this player, at least not in the established media. Uh I'm not exactly sure where clubs view him. I've heard some things about um that are not in such a positive light as far as his playing style and, and his uh turnover ratio and all that kind of stuff. Others, there are others in other camps that are saying he's the most pro ready quarterback in this draft runs a a scheme in college. That was uh, somewhat equal to Seattle and San Francisco and the Rams, as far as the, uh, the play calling, the terminology, the Mm -hmm. looks at the line of scrimmage and so forth. Uh, Transition for uh, will Lovis into the NFL might not be as steep as some. Uh, and he's so, got all of the athletic profile that you want to, you look for in a quarterback. He's got the strong arm. He's got the ability to move in the pocket, uh, diagnose plays and fit the ball into almost uh, any spot on the field.
0: Yeah. So with, with Will Levis, um, what you're going to look at as, and, and what's really going to give you, give people pause. And I think this is what's going to give you pause is his completion percentage, um, which is like a 56%. And it's um,
1: over which, over two years too.
0: Yeah um and people are going to look at that and be like oh that's that that's a that's a red flag right and it it kind of is um he also played for Kentucky and Kentucky is typically the worst team in their conference not last couple years because they've had will levis but you're talking about um in past years being Oregon State in the Pac-12, or last year being Colorado in the Pac-12. Um, and you have a talent. Everything that I said about Stroud having superior talent at every position than your, than your opponent, Will Levis had a talent deficiency at every position around him compared to the opponent. Um, and that is going to cause problems. He was under pressure a lot. They didn't have much of a running game. Um, they didn't. it couldn't protect him very well. He didn't have receivers that could get open and create separation. Um, he willed that team into being good. Uh, something that came out. So okay, I'm aging myself here a little bit. When Matt Ryan came out, there was a lot of questions about him. His arm strength was a little weak and whatever. And uh, I looked at him and I said, "How many?" quarterbacks from from, you know, top schools make it in the NFL. Most of the NFL starting quarterbacks at that time were coming out of schools who had to deal with adversity around them constantly. Matt Ryan came out of Boston College, not exactly a powerhouse. Okay, not exactly a mid-tier team. They're generally pr- pretty bad, but it gave him he he never had a clean pocket. He knew how to throw off platform. He didn't have Right, he he didn't have guys that were beating everyone through throwing to open guys. I get that same feeling from Levis, where he it looks like he could be a better pro stat wise than he was a college player because he's already playing without a clean pocket on every play. Right, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud don't have that; they have to learn how to play without a clean pocket.
1: And now a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. to see what prop bets will be boosted. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So one of the things that you mentioned about C.J. Stroud was that it's hard to evaluate a quarterback with such great talent around him. Well, Mm -hmm. I would argue that it's really hard to evaluate a quarterback that doesn't have any talent around him.
0: Either. That has no talent around him. <laughs> yeah, I can hear that. <laughs> so
1: I'm going to give you a little, uh, a little hope here. And, and Levis completed 65% of his passes, not 56% of his passes in 2022, 2,400 yards, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That's the part that worries me a little bit in 2021. Same sort of thing. Uh, it was, in his it, was debut, lower.
0: it was lower as far as his pass. Um, I'll have to double check
1: percent. my, my numbers I've got right now in front of me say 65%, but I'll double check that. I, uh, I, in,
0: if it's, if it's that high draft the kid, Holy cow. In, in <laughs>
1: 2021, his debut season with Kentucky, he completed 66% of his passes, 2,800 yards, 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. That's the part that I'm having a hard time with a little bit. The interceptions, it's the holding the ball. It's, too long, throwing in tight windows, throwing uh, turnover-worthy throws, uh, taking bad sacks, um, and and some pressure situation things that kind of give me a little pause. <clears throat> I will say that the athletic upside, the arm, the stature, the uh, command, uh, not flinching in the pocket, and so forth, those are all great attributes for him. You're right with the talent around him. That's what makes it harder to evaluate some of those things that I just mentioned as far as holding the ball, taking bad sacks, forcing throws and so forth. You're going to do that when you start to press, when you're trying to get your team over the hump, when you're not have, having any help, when your offensive line is a sieve, and you're having to to deal with that as well as try to make plays down the field. It's just really hard. So all that said, <clears throat> I'm just not quite comfortable as a quarterback talent evaluator to draft Will Levis. Um, I need a little bit of help uh, with regards to that to, to get me over the hump, feeling good. If Seattle were to pull the trigger at five um, and, and Will Levis was the, was the kid, I would say, okay, I'm in, uh, because Seattle's done their due diligence. Um, John Schneider has shown Even if he hasn't drafted quarterbacks, he's shown interest in quarterbacks to a level where I know he's on the right track with being able to evaluate talent.
0: And if 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 he's he's, the guy, I'm in. If he if there's a quarterback that he's in on in the draft, they tend to um, be tremendous professionals. Um, The two most notable quarterbacks, well, the two corrects that we know for certain that he was a hundred percent in on have been uh, Josh Allen and. Uh, Patrick Mahomes
1: and he drafted like Russell
0: he, Wilson. and he, I mean, he was ready to trade Russell Wilson for Josh Allen um, according to at least one report. So yeah, he clearly, he clearly is uh, a guy that can evaluate quarterbacks. I'm not, if he turns around and drafts any of these guys, including the guy that we're going to talk about next, that I am not sold on in any way. Um, like, uh, you know, I'm going to have to, to, I'm going to have to go, okay, what am I missing? What am I not seeing? Uh, Because if he thinks that, like I said, the guy that we're going to talk about in a minute is the guy, he knows more about this than I do, and I'm going to have to go, okay, I must have missed something.
1: Well, also, we can start to talk about draft position as well now. Uh, Seattle has uh, pick number five overall in the draft. We also have pick 20. We also Mm -hmm. have a pick 37, I believe. Mm -hmm. So we have some flexibility there to move around. So we've got some draft capital. We can move back from five. Maybe we feel more comfortable drafting a certain quarterback at 10 as opposed to five, or maybe it's the 20th pick. We can move up or back from there and so forth and so on. So the guy that Keith's alluding to is Anthony Richardson, the kid out of Florida, 6'4", 236 pounds, projected to run a high eight, you know, 4'9 range uh, speed wise. He has elite arm strength. Oh, he's going to run faster than that. Big physical frame, incredibly he could run faster raw. Than that. Well, I, he's projected at four five. I'm saying uh, he, he, I, there's talk of him being in the four four five range.
0: You, you, okay, you said four eight four nine.
1: Oh, not four eight. I'm sorry, four four eight. <laughs> I'm
0: like, there's no way he's that slow.
1: Four four eight. <laughs> four there four eight. There you go. But four. in summary, I mean, Richardson needs polish, but his upside exceeds everyone in this draft class but he's a low floor high ceiling prospect and you can look that up in webster's dictionary because that's exactly what he is he's low floor highest ceiling possible and you just don't know yet because he just doesn't have enough experience and what he did show was raw yeah he's got one year where he
0: was a um one year as a full-time starter um Mm -hmm. in which he completed under fifty four percent of his passes, mm-hmm. uh, a yards per completion or yards per attempt of seven point eight per uh, yards, which is terrible for a college quarterback. Do
1: you see and, any of and, his wide receivers and running backs getting drafted in the NFL along with him this year?
0: Um, not not I don't know, not many. Um, I will say that the tal- talent around him. the talent around Anthony Richardson is better than the talent around Will Levis. Um, is it? Substantially better, no, but it is better. Um, he's got. There are guys in Miami, um, sorry, in Florida that um, will be drafted. I don't know if there's anyone on offense in Kentucky other than Will Levis that will get drafted. Like, not even just this year, but next year or the year. Well, after.
1: Chris Rodriguez, the running back, is going to get drafted for sure. And their uh, Ricky Stromberg, uh, their center, is
0: probably going to get drafted maybe um yeah i mean he only threw 17 touchdowns to nine interceptions right there's a lot to look at this at at, and be
1: he also ran for 629 yards and nine touchdowns as well
0: true and the reason why he was a starting quarterback was because of his ability to run Yeah, i mean he was a dynamic guy for sure yep Absolutely it wasn't he had for his great, ability to he throw had the had Great games
1: though. I mean he threw for four hundred and fifty three yards against Tennessee, had a great win against them. Beat L S U, Keith. Um, you know, it it's
0: he's wins aren't a quarterback stat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know.
0: Uh so I don't like, but fight He had great, as he had great games on. in those games. Yep. Tennessee had a Tennessee didn't have a great defense, but he did LSU did LSU had a, had a a pretty good defense and he um, put up some numbers there and put up some numbers there in a game in which the guys around him were less talented than the guys in the, uh, that they're playing against. Um, And so there are, and he's got, if you watch highlights and not watch game film, Anthony Richardson looks like the best quarterback prospect since, I don't know, Elway
1: and and even re- disregarding every mistake that he ever made just those that upside stuff is enough for teams to be salivating over him and possibly not letting him leave the first round just because of the ceiling stuff it's yep. not uh, and and that's where i think you and i disagree slightly it's not the prospect stuff and the mistakes and all that stuff i see that as well i'm just saying the upside is so high that I don't believe that he's going to get past Seattle's pick at 20 because somebody's going to give him a job in the NFL and let him figure it out. And And he needs a year. He does. He's he's highly inaccurate. But beyond that, he's he's got so many
0: tools. If he's sitting there at 20 and Seattle didn't draft a quarterback at 5, they went into another position, I agree with you. I think Seattle will take him. And And if John Snyder is willing to say, yep, this is a guy i'm gonna i don't know I don't understand it. I don't see it, but i'm gonna trust it because I trust Snyder's ability to do quarterbacks and I don't see him right. getting past I don't see him getting past somewhere you know twenty in, uh I in just that know. range yeah, I yep. agree I agree in that range so, so let's talk about one one more guy that I think kind of fits
1: in the same sort of conversation but for a completely different uh reason in that I think Seattle also Takes a look at Hendon Hooker,
0: Tennessee, as they absolutely should.
1: And the reason, and Hendon Hooker is the opposite of of Anthony Richardson as far as accuracy and taking care of the ball and all that kind of stuff. He's a much more polished prospect, but he hurt his ACL in the second to last game of the season. Probably out in twenty twenty four for any NFL team, realistically. Um but but here's a guy that if he hadn't been hurt possibly would have won the heisman and Mm -hmm. would have been a first round talent and gone above anthony richardson and i think a guy like hendon Hooker is in play for seattle because seattle doesn't have to use a first round pick maybe not even a second round pick and if it is a second round pick it's probably their 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 fourth pick overall at 58 where they would Mm -hmm. consider a guy like hendon hooker if he's there and if Seattle were to take him, I'm with you on the John Schneider comment earlier on Anthony, Anthony Richardson. I would be like, Hey, we are drafting this kid. We don't need him to play right away. We've got Geno Smith under contract. We're looking ahead in into 2024. We're going to let him learn the, the system, uh, heal his ACL and, and compete next year. I would be all over that. Cause that'd be a perfect scenario. I think for Seattle.
0: Uh, Agreed. I mean, this is a guy who's 6'4, 218, um, you know, completed 69.6% of his passes in 2022 before his injury, 27 touchdowns to two interceptions. Let me, Um, let
1: me, let me say this. Hold on. Two year combo to over the last two years, mm -hmm. 6,080 yards, 70% completion, 58 touchdowns, five interceptions, 58 touchdowns, five interceptions. This is a Tennessee. A uh, thousand fifty yards rushing, ten touchdowns, wins against Florida, LSU, and Alabama in twenty twenty two before tearing his ACL. Yeah, that's the quarterback. That's the kind of thing where you get the value. You kind of pounce on that if you're a Seahawk general manager because you're filling out your first three picks with really filling your roster, which we need to do. And then you go get a guy that you can kind of have the luxury pick. We've got five in the top one hundred. You take one of those luxury picks in the fourth pick overall that you've got, and you spend it on a guy that you you can uh, marinate a little bit. And I think it it could end up being the best situation for Seattle.
0: Okay, here's the, here's the rub on Hooker. And the reason why I am not sold, he is 25. Two, five.
1: Yeah, he's 25. Yeah, I turned 25 last month.
0: And so, and as as down as I am on Anthony Richardson, he's 21. (laughs) Right. He is four years younger. He will be at the end of his rookie contract with four years in the NFL of learning pro football before he is the same age as Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker will be 30
1: years old in his second contract.
0: Yeah, that's a, big, I, that's a big issue.
1: You know, it's a big issue. That,
0: it's a huge issue. And if you look at guys that, um, guys that's that are. That's why drafted, he's going
1: to go in the fifty in the in between, say, pick fifty and eighty. I don't Hendon hooker.
0: I don't know if he goes that early. Combination of he he won't play his rookie year because he's injured and he's old. So the first time you're going to get. Uh, he, where he's going to enter the year entered, as your starting quarterback. The first time you're going to be able to count <laughs> on him, he's not going to be, he's not, it's not until he's 26 years yeah, old. Yeah.
1: Everything you're saying is completely true. I'll, I, I will say this. Jim Nagy came out and said that uh, he absolutely completely nailed his interview process at the senior bowl and teams true. love him.
0: And they, if you look at it, watch him play, he is, <laughs> Tennessee was, they beat Alabama. They were a national powerhouse. They were the team that if anyone's going to compete with Georgia, it was going to be Tennessee. And the moment he got hurt, that team looked terrible. He made Tennessee look fantastic, and they didn't have the talent. This is a phenomenal player. I will say that guys getting drafted at 25, the success rate of those players is significantly lower than uh, than the rest of the NFL guys. Yeah. There is there is no track record whatsoever of guys his age having NFL success.
1: So let's keep the conversation going. So I think that's in play for Seattle for the reasons that we stated. Obviously, the downside is the is the age thing. We're not going to get around that. Uh, that's why I think 58 would be the earliest I would consider him. If he's sitting there at 86 where we have our fourth or our fifth overall pick in the draft, I'd feel much better.
0: 86 is where he belongs. Honestly, if, if he's there at 86, you go ahead. That's that's a third round pick. You take him. You let him sit for a year and, and get healthy or part, at least part of a year and get healthy before you bring him in. I actually think that he is a great fit for a team like houston um but they will they'll draft a court they black draft bryce young um in the first round and they'll skip him but it a, a smart team would be like the um the pittsburgh steelers right in in the third early in the third round uh or late in the in the second where they've got guys they know they can win with even if they suck um and you give Hooker a year to develop and and heal and then you run out your franchise quarterback and and look great doing it um I, and i'm I, not
1: so concerned about the uh the age i i am obviously but uh, um if you can get two contracts out of a quarterback like this i'd feel pretty good about the draft pick especially if you're getting him in the third round you know or or or, or later um, cause you're still going to get eight years of production out of, out of a player. And, you know, that's, that's all you can really hope for in the NFL. It's just that early development time, you know, for a quarterback. It's, it's, uh, it's a big thing. All right. So Tanner uh, McKee is my next quarterback on the list. Six overall Stanford, uh, Stanford, six six 230. He's got zero mobility. He has <laughs> issues with, uh, with accuracy and he's not going to run at all. He's going to sit in the pocket. He's a more traditional uh, pocket quarterback. If your team's looking for that, great. He might be your guy. I don't want him in Seattle, but if
0: you're looking for a guy who has the mobility of Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, he's your he's your guy. And I'm that's not a compliment. <laughs> yeah, and it
1: works for some for some teams. It does, but yep. I see him as more of a. A backup guy. He's not Um, a guy that
0: he's not a, he's, he doesn't fit Seattle's system. What they've done, you know, bringing in Waldron and and establishing this offense, they need a guy that can roll out, throw on the run, those kind of things. That's who they want. And, um, he's not it. He's just not it.
1: He's like Mike Glennon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's a few other guys we're getting deeper now into the, Fourth, fifth, sixth, undrafted range. Jaron Hall, the BYU quarterback. He's also an older prospect. Six one, two hundred five. Understand He's year, that
0: you're younger than Hooker.
1: Understand that he had uh, <laughs> an opportunity to go into uh, the Senior Bowl and impress, and he did not. True. Um, and then Jake Hayner, uh, Fresno State, six one, two hundred pounds, had an opportunity to go into the Senior Bowl and impress, and he did.
0: He's a guy. Um, I'm. I am really high on Jake Hayner compared to other guys. And I get that um, that's not a popular take. Most people are like, nah, don't worry about it. Like, he's an undrafted guy. I don't think that's true. I'm higher on Jake Hayner than, than a lot of people are. I think he has starting caliber ceiling. Yeah, he's kind of
1: like a Gardner Minshew. You know, Play- Yeah, he played at Washington State, but a smaller college guy, Fresno State, not a lot of weapons around, mm-hmm. uh, good strong arm, gritty uh nice touch um doesn't have the the huge uh long ball arm talent but he can get the job done and but he's smart I see him more as a backup guy in the nfl he's but
0: smart he spreads the ball around he's accurate um he gets the ball out quickly when he needs to he sounds a lot like a guy named barack purdy yeah doesn't have the biggest arm right but it- didn't seem to I mean, matter if you in can San get, if, you, no. if you
1: can make Jake Hayner a, a system quarterback, a, a point guard, um, that's great. He's not going to no- give you a lot of mobility. I mean, he's got four eight speed or whatever,
0: but oh yeah, he's not going to go. He's not going to be a running. Court. This isn't a read option guy, but he can roll out. He can throw on the run. Yeah,
1: um, that's that's my list, really. I mean, the kid from Purdue's on on here. The the kid from Shepherd that nobody's heard about. Um, that played in the Senior Bowl is 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 on the list, but
0: you're wasting your time there. I mean, he's a guy that, guys. yeah, there is an undrafted guy. Um, I'm, you know, people will talk. Stetson Bennett's name will come up because he played for Georgia, but he also played for Georgia. We know who he is, right? Everybody's seen him play. He's not a great NFL prospect, no. um, right? So that's it. And then, I mean, really, um, the one guy that I think will draw some attention and rightfully so as a drafted player would be max um dugan yeah the quarterback at a tcu because tcu's offense was yeah. legit and that's not a, that's not a super talented team they made it to the national title game in large part because of he was a pretty player dugan's ability to run that offense and be really smart with the football over and over mm-hmm. and over again um he may He won't get drafted high. I mean, we're talking like a sixth round pick. But someone is going to draft him. And I think someone's going to draft him and then be happy that they did. Because I see him more as a backup who might come in and surprise you if he gets a chance to play. Uh, But there's some talent there. There is.
1: So back to the top. So we had Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, uh, Hendon hooker that that's our top five uh likely the top five and as far as the picks go uh, as they come off the board mm-hmm. um what are your feelings on where Seattle's at I mean obviously they've got to make a decision on Gino it from all sides including Gino's uh, statements around the Pro Bowl that happened this weekend sounds like they're making progress things yep. are probably going to happen they're gonna get. Um, they're
0: gonna get Geno signed. I, I'm expecting them to get Geno signed soon, and the reason why I say that, I was thinking about this because I know you and I were talking about. Oh, maybe they'll slow play it, and let them go test the market, whatever. They don't want Joe Burrow and um, some of the other like guys that are hitting their second contract to go out and set a market that's sixty million dollars, and then think oh, well, if there were 60, Gino's worth at least 30, right? And then have that be what screws up the negotiation. I think they want his deal done before um, those things happen.
1: Interesting. All right. So say they sign Gino. It's a three-year deal. Uh, The first two years look like they're pretty much guaranteed. So um, what do they do in the draft as far as a quarterback? Do they skip the position altogether? Uh, and ride one one or two more seasons with what they've got with, you know, Drew Locke, and maybe reevaluate in the 2024-2025 draft where they wouldn't have necessarily the draft capital up at the top of the draft, or do they take advantage of their position currently and and uh, this class and a couple of players that they might find attractive?
0: It'll come down to Pete Carroll. If Pete Carroll says, I want to win right now because I'm done in two years, they'll wait and they'll draft um, a guy like Jake Hayner or Max Dugan late in, the dra- late in the draft and run with Gino and see hope that they can develop a guy. If Pete Carroll is still saying, no, nah, I'm not close, then I think they, even if they sign um, Gino, I think they, they, they invest a pick on a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson wow because they it's a it's one of those investments you know you've got gino for two years you can let anthony richardson develop for a couple of years especially and he'll, if
1: he's their first round pick
0: he'll still only be 23
1: and on a five-year deal
0: yeah um so he'll still only be 23 as much as like i have said such i have been so negative on richardson um if John Snyder's negative on Richardson, then don't draft him. Like, take him off your board. Yeah. If, J-, if John Snyder likes Anthony Richardson, I am going to just say there's something about him I didn't see, and I'm going to wait it out because I well, think— Well, the
1: part that you didn't see is probably going to be in the interview process. Exactly. Because you know? he's going to kill it on the field. He's going to kill it in the um, in oh, the, the comb- combine.
0: The combine is going to be like—he's just going to be—he's going to stand right. out. He's just right. going to be one of those guys. and Everyone's going to be like, whoa, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um,
1: Yeah. But if he's, if he's killing it in the classroom, um, mm -hmm. that's, that's the big, that's the big. If he's in
0: there impressing NFL scouts with his and in GMs with his ability to diagnose stuff on the board and draw out plays and be like, Hey, well, if I see this, I'm going here and here's why and and all of those kind of things. He's getting drafted, you know, he won't get out of the top 10. If I he goes agree. in, if he goes in there and looks like an idiot, he won't be drafted in the second round.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, or he'll fall. He'll, fall. he'll, he'll go, fall. I don't understand why he's falling, you know, and he's, you know, pick 40 overall. Well, yeah. That was, that was probably it. Yeah. Um, okay, cool.
0: I saw a really, I saw a really bad um, NFL comp for him that made me cringe. And it was Christian Hackenberg. And if you I, if you don't if you don't know who that is, go look him up. Yeah, I recognize uh, the
1: name, but I can't place it.
0: Hack is a guy that was a second round pick, and was inaccurate as inaccurate could be, but super athletic and never developed into anything. Listen, I I look out.
1: at him more like a, a more more recent guy is Cam Newton. I mean, he's got the physical actually attributes.
0: Cam, Cam Newton's not a bad uh, comp. Now, Cam Newton went one overall because. He played for a winning team and he showed significantly better accuracy than Richard Richardson has. But his size, his ability to run power football as a as a runner, yes. and, and the arm and his ability to complete the deep pass, he's a the true dual threat. Like Cam Newton is not a bad comp. I just, all, I just instance.
1: know that as I go deeper into this process and we get to the combine stuff, I'm going to be drooling over this player and <laughs> I'm not going to be able to help myself. I'm going to have to yep. wear a bib on the show because it's going to be, it's going to be stupid. I mean, you know, cause yep. I can, I can see a guy like that in Seattle system. It just mm-hmm. helps everything flow. If your accuracy is there, if you're not turning the ball over and you can and run the ball like that. oh my There's goodness. a question.
0: If the accuracy is there, and you don't turn the ball over and he hasn't shown that those are true true whereas hendon hooker if he wasn't 4 years older his accuracy is there and I he just, doesn't turn the ball over
1: <laughs> i just don't know what i'm looking at as far as the coaching staff at florida and what what he, where he's come from all that stuff i mean it's yeah. just, you got to dig a little deeper to get to get there but it's anyway. hard
0: it's hard at the florida schools right now just all of them because the coaching staffs at florida florida state and miami have all been in flux and um it's hard yep
1: so this is the first of many uh series with regards to prospects in the nfl draft i'm sure we'll dial these up uh, at least one one a week um until we get to the until we get to april mm-hmm. um which is really not that far away a couple months and nope. then we'll, we'll be there
0: yeah, we, we may take a break a little bit when, when free agency begins just to cover all the news and, and yep. possible signings and that kind of stuff. But if we do a position group per show on this, you, we can't take too many breaks or we won't be done by, yeah, um, that's true. by April.
1: Yeah, and, and we will take a little bit of a break. We'll we'll probably get done with the offensive side of the ball before free agency. We'll take the break and then we'll come back and we'll do defense. Yeah, fun. Fun stuff. All right, let's get out of here. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NW Seahawk. You know where the show's at. And uh, when you find it at Seahawks Playbook Podcast, you can hit the subscribe button. That would be very helpful. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.